There are secrets out there, guys, performance marketing secrets, and knowing just one or two of them can absolutely light up your funnels. Let's go. This is the Revenue Driven CMO. I'm your host, Chris Mechanic. Join me as I uncover the secrets of the world's most elite CMOs marketing leaders. The Revenue Driven CMO is sponsored by Web Mechanics, the AI-driven performance agency that makes you smarter. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another exciting episode of Revenue Driven CMO. I'm your man, Chris Mechanic, and we have an absolutely awesome guest and an awesome episode in store for you here today. Our guest today is a real transformative leader, uh, both in in uh, marketing, in growth, in tech, he's built a track record of scaling multi-billion dollar businesses by building best-in-class go-to-market or GTM functions at both established and young hyper-growth companies, including Facebook, PayPal, Bluevine, uh, and most recently Dashlane, he, uh, where he's CMO currently. Uh, Dashlane, if you don't know, is a leading password management platform serving over 18 million consumers, 22,000 businesses across 185 countries. Uh, And in his role now, he heads up the global marketing and communications to support the rapid growth uh, as the leading credential management platform in the country. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Mr. Deeraj Kumar to the show. How are you, Deeraj? I'm doing great. Well, thanks for inviting me. Great to be here. Absolutely. I'm excited to speak with you. You know how we like to roll. We like to lead with value and we're all about secrets. So why don't you tell everybody listening, what has been one of your biggest and best kept secrets to the success that you have uh, been able to achieve in the marketing landscape? Yeah. So for me, the biggest uh, secret to success in marketing has been paying attention um, I'm going to borrow a, a great story from Tony Fidel, who's uh, the revered uh, product designer at Apple. Um, you know, he, he kind of created the iPod and the iPhone. And um, the the story said, <clears throat> the, you know, he talks about a scene in the movie Blues Brothers where John Bellucci and you know goes to Dan Aykroyd's apartment for, for the first time in Chicago, and he he enters it, and this is a small, crampy place, and and there's a train track three feet away. And he sits down on the um, on the bed. A train can passes by. The entire apartment rattles. And he says to John, says to Dan, it's like, how often does that happen? And Dan, Dan says, well, so often I don't even notice. Mm-hmm. And something falls off the wall. And kind of reminds he, reminds us that we all sort of creatures of habit. We get used to the things around us, and um, and that's a great thing, you know, because it it allows you to kind of you know, focus on a thing that are changing in the world, uh, yeah. but it also means you get blind. So I think a martyr job in my mind is to draw down those blinders and see the obvious. So see the minutiae of customer behavior, because that's where great insights come from. Yeah. So I'll take a little kind of example from, uh, from just Dashlane. We were recently launching a video campaign you know, targeting IT admins, you know, we're trying to educate them about Dashlane and a unique approach to security. You want to tell them like, yeah, we're not the, why we are better, you know, because employees love us. We're simple to use, simple to deploy. Um, and we, 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 we are the most secure and private. Um, and oh, by the way, we, we got to make the IT admin the hero because they're the one who buying this product and they, 
And so when you wrote the brief and, you know, I'm sure many of us have gone through these briefs and, and the creative team looked at it and saying, well, how do I communicate that in 15 seconds and still be compelling and engaging and break through? Yeah. And we went through a couple of iterations and, um, and, you know, nothing was landing. So we paused and we said, well, let's draw down the blinders and just sort of really pay attention to what is it that we do that creates that magic moment for these guys? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, after a couple of conversations, we came, we autofill passwords. Okay. Yeah. And when you, you know, when, when you autofill password, it makes it easy because it just automatically close the password. You can make complicated passwords. You don't have to remember. It makes you secure. But, right. So, um, you know, and so we, we created a character called autofill, O T T O P H I L. Oh, and build a story funny. around him and made him the hero. And it came out great. You know, we just launched the campaign. It's beating all the YouTube benchmarks. So, so you know, to close it, I, I would say the, the secret is paying attention. Um, um, and that has worked very well for me. Yeah. And it's, you know, I think it's it's naturally difficult. And when I say naturally, I mean like at the at the human psyche level because when you go back to your example um with the uh, Bellucci brothers like our brains are made to block things out that are minutia right and the reason is because our brains don't have the bandwidth to pay attention to everything right and so that's exactly. like a that's a, a survivalist characteristic of what happens with our brain um, and that's why, you know, like when you're driving, say when you're driving, there's so many things to pay attention to. If you were paying attention to all of them, you would crash, right? Um, exactly. So this is something where our brains are literally wired to start ignoring things that we see every single day. So it's, it, I mean, I think that's it's exactly it. Yeah. And then, yeah. and that's like. So one thing we always do here is peer to peer account reviews, because if like we're an agency, right? So say that you're working on the same client for two years, three years, five years, you develop those blinders in a big way. And so you, you can have somebody come behind you who is even less experienced than you, but look at that account with a brand new, fresh set of eyes and see some really obvious things that, you know, even like the more senior, senior level marketer missed. So that's actually a really powerful secret, I think. Um, yeah. And, and, and to build on that, Chris, I, um, you know, we, you know, that's one of the techniques we use, be, you know, and I take the example, you take a glass of water and you put a drop of red color in it and it turns red similarly if you bring in one fresh person in the conversation who has a totally it it kind of it opened the eyes for the people um because we all driven wired to really yeah you know that allows us to navigate better in life to ignore the minutiae so um, yeah it's great yeah absolutely so my mind is wandering toward the how right like how could we do this so like one example that you brought up is um you know the food coloring drop a red you know drop a red dot in there bring a new bring a new um 
voice into the conversation. Do you have any other techniques for how to do this type of a thing? Yeah, a couple of things. And, and you have to be intentional about it because, as you said, we're all wired to ignore, you know, the minutiae. I mean, number, number one is uh, giving yourself the permission and the people around you to question the fundamental, like question assumptions that are, you don't even think about. Um, and being intentional about it. So you, you're not doing it because you, you're critiquing, you're doing it because that is part of the act. For example, just yesterday, we kind of working on a new idea. We did an hour and a half session called destroy the idea where the whole purpose of like, you know, we were like eight, nine people was just to go question every assumption that we made because we thought that was a great idea. So that's kind of one technique. I, I think the second is what we just talked about. So introducing another angle, uh, sorry, another person who has nothing to do with this, who, who really comes at it, you know, and, and, and as you just kind of shared an example, brings a completely fresh outlook and then kind of empowers everybody else to look in a fresh way. Mm-hmm. I think the third is um, uh, where it's always great to kind of do pattern recognition or lean into something that you see or heard somewhere else. It could be another business. It could be another situation. It could be sports. It could be things that you are passionate about in life, but finding a parallel to a, because consumers and people behave the same way, right? Uh, so I think it, those are kind of three, three things um, that at least I've found in ways you can um, allow yourself to really draw those blinders down. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think, so at Dashlane, it sounds like you have these processes and these uh, rituals almost like the destroy the idea ritual, uh, which I think is a really cool thing um, baked in. And we have some of these baked in too in web mechanics, like in the form of the peer-to-peer account reviews. But one thing for folks listening, you know, uh, I think it's difficult sometimes to ask for feedback especially if it's something you've been working on for a long time. But the longer you've been working on something, you know, perhaps the harder it is to ask for feedback. But I think just like, you know, going to a colleague, a peer, and just saying, hey, could you, could you like just come give me a sanity check on this? Like just come look at this thing that I'm working on and, and give me a few thoughts and ideas. I think something as simple as that could go a long way for a lot of listeners like, because there's a lot of orgs, I think, that don't really have these types of uh, checks and balances or systematic gathering of fresh perspectives uh, built into their to their rituals. So I think the the point of that is basically just ask, like ask for feedback, ask for yeah. somebody to come and destroy your idea, which is a hard yeah. thing to do. You know, yeah. it, it hurts the ego. <laughs> well, but I think what you just said was is so important, which is being intentional about it. So it's almost make it part of the process. So it's an expectation that you're doing it with the intention of making it better. I think that's a that's a great part. Like if you make it part of the ritual and be intentional, that's simple as just asking for a feedback. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it's it's really good though because it is truly wired into our brains to 
ignore the stimuli that is common to us. And that's why, that's what we call, like what you ever hear people say, oh, I'm too close to it. I'm getting too close to it. Like I'm an amazing business consultant myself for everybody else's business, you know? But when it comes to my business, I'm like a fifth grader. I'm like, oh, what am I doing? <laughs> right? Exactly. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard to zoom out, right? And um, see the world like a, a fresh person will come see it. If you're just too close to it, that's a great line. You, too, you say it and you know it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but I think that's the magic, right? The breakthroughs, especially as marketers, we are sort of the steward of the customer in some ways, right? And yeah. so our job is to look at how the customer will look like who's not close to it. You're going right. to show up in front of the customer with something and, you know, you try and tell them a story, you pitch a product and, you know, they're going to look at from their world. And all the, the time to process and they aren't be part of the journey. They're like, what are you telling me? What are you trying? So I think um, part of that is how do you put yourself in the shoes of the customer and separate some distance between you, the developer of the, this idea or the story, and then look at. Um, so we apply that to a lot of different things, not just obviously a, a creative, but we apply that to... Um, uh, we apply that to, uh, you know, how do we think of CTAs on their website? You know, how do you think about that first 24 hours after the customer starts with the product um, and, and it works? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. You know, and it reminds me of another thing that I've been thinking about lately, which is related, I think, but a little bit different which uh, comes down to the idea of simplicity. Like I think simplicity and clarity and brevity is like a marketing superpower, you know? And I come from a background of SEO and copywriting, like, and I still love writing copy to this day, but I can always tell that I'm too close to something when my copy becomes like too long, right? Like when my copy starts getting too long and I'm starting yep. to try to explain everything, it sounds a lot like what was happening with autofill, like before you invented autofill. Um, that's a telltale sign. Like if it's too long, it's too confusing, you need to, uh, I think it starts with paying attention to the detail and really kind of crystallizing it down to its core to its core elements and then clarify and simplify the message. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, boy, I mean, that's, uh, such a great, but simple idea of brevity and people think brevity, brevity is really distillation. Um, there's actually a great book, and this is another idea that I'm, I, I think the secret, as you said, a superpower called subtraction. So we all hardwired to add. There's actually a great book, I forget the author, um, uh, called Subtraction. We talks about this idea of subtraction being a great model. Um, so if you write something, see how you can subtract, take things away. 
you design mm. a product, see how you can take things away. It's not the more features. Um, you know, um, if you're trying to do something, you're trying to have to do six things. Can you reduce it to two things that yeah. you believe are the most impactful? So um, I think this concept of brevity, of reduction, of simplification, and distilling into most compelling uh, things, um, I think it's a, it's, it is a superpower for a marketer because that's what we have to do constantly. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to check that book out. I love the idea of subtraction. And, um, and I, you can bring that back to copy too. Like if I'm editing copy, I'm looking at every single word and every single character and saying like, what happens if that's not here? Like, does that make a difference if we take this out or that out? Um, but I think a lot of the great product minds of the world, you know, a lot of the best product engineers, product uh, managers, product marketers, uh, probably have read that book. I know Elon Musk is big on that. Like I've heard him talking about like, you know, he will sometimes go and go down to the, to the floor where they're making parts and like, you know, look at this random piece of plastic between, you know, this, this part and this part, like, what do we need this piece of plastic for? And it turns out you don't really need that piece of plastic, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, no, that, that, I mean, exactly. I think the great designers, great, um, customer thinkers tend to question every piece. Like, do you really need it? Did you get down to where you cannot remove anything else? That's when you have the magic. And it's not easy to do. Um, as you said earlier, when you're too close to it, you're like, but, but this is important too, but we're not telling this or, you know, uh, yeah. you know, oh, oh, I, I think the customer also needs this. And so you're really building a hierarchy in your mind. What is the most important thing? And, uh, that they care about what's the most important thing to deliver value. Um, um, and doing that iterative exercise is a powerful thing. I love it, Tiraj. Well, I want to talk about uh, uh, one other thing real quick, uh, and then we will get into Dashlane. Well, actually, no, we can get into Dashlane sooner. But you've inspired me, though. You really have. Uh, I think that you're a really impressive marketer and also a really impressive leader. And, and I love this concept of taking the blinders off pay attention uh and then crystallize it down and and keep it you know keep it as as simple as possible but not simpler i think that's a quote i heard somewhere it might be thomas edison or something <laughs> well thank you i i think uh well you had some great ideas i think we all kind of as compatriot markers um appreciate the value of it so um i'm sure i'm not the first person saying that well, thank you. Thank you very much. Cool. So let's talk about Dashlane. Uh, I want to hear, I want to hear some win stories. That's always where I like to start, but for folks that might not be familiar with Dashlane, do you want to give any other context? Um, I'm curious about how you arrived there or what, what attracted you there, but, um, do you want to say anything more about Dashlane just as an intro more than what I yeah. said in the, in your introduction? 
Yeah, may you give a great introduction. You know, we are a password manager, um, which helps secure, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, 18 million consumers, 22,000 businesses, you know, um, you know, uh, the, you know, as, as you all, as you all know that, um, uh, when we, when you think about the world around us, you know, um, cyber, cyber security has become huge. Right. Uh, about a hundred thousand people get breached, um, every month. Um, wow. and the leading reason for hacks are, um, uh, our credential hacks, breach of passwords, stolen passwords. Uh, 82% of all hacks start from that. And take what's in the news today and MGM was shut down for like three days. You know, it's a huge mess. Caesars had to pay a bounty. A ransom about fifteen million dollars. You know, wow. Clorox just announced that their quarterly results were impacted because they have supply issues because of cyber attack. So it's like a huge issue, and yeah. part of that is protecting the passwords. Part of that protecting. So that's the business we are in. Um, it impacts every consumer. It impacts every business. So I came in about two years ago. My journey has always been growth and tech, as you said, I'd love to be the cutting edge, whether it's digital media, digital payments, or now cybersecurity, uh, because it kind of challenges you to kind of solve problems that haven't been solved before. So um, I've been on this journey of kind of telling that story and educating both businesses and consumers about us, our unique approach to security, um, and um, how we can help them make themselves more secure um, in in this world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that is a big deal, 100% a big deal. And I'm in the uh, D.C. area, which is like the capital of cybersecurity. So like you, anytime you go to an event around here, you know, you'll meet like 10 different cybersecurity companies. But um, but yeah, so so it is huge. And it also, like a password manager, like we're dealing with hundreds of different passwords and I know one of the best practices is to, you know, have it sort of encrypted, like upper uppercase letter, lowercase letter, number, symbol, you know, at least take characters and unique from one to the other. So even beyond breaches, just like managing passwords uh, in a way that's secure and not to mention you're supposed to update them periodically, you know? Well, so. that's the, well, you talked, we talked a little bit about the human brain. We had, our brain is not wired to remember a complicated <laughs> string of characters and right. numbers. And, and so, but the way we have, this is a 50 year old technology. It's all essential. The whole thing is you kind of have these password that you have to remember. And most humans can. So they have to use password to make simpler password that can be breached. And that's what these hackers take advantage of. So that's where a password manager takes all of that, makes it easy, right? Um, because yeah. you can, we actually allow you to create very complicated password that cannot be hacked, but now you don't have to remember it because we'll fill it for you, right? Yeah. But then it makes the whole experience so much smoother. So it's secure, you know, and simple because now logging in becomes, and you know, all of us, if you really write down, we have a couple hundred passwords. You know, yeah. and so now you don't have to write it down. You don't remember it. You have a secure password manager that does all of it for you. So that's the value we create for our customers. Yeah, hundred percent. So, um, 
And you've been there, I think, now two or three years? Yeah, a little over two years. Yeah. So uh, what is uh, something that you've done? Or tell us tell us about one of your, your biggest win stories. Like what's something that you or your team has done that you're really proud of? Yeah, so we are very focused uh, on, you know, educating IT admins, um, especially at a small and mid-enterprise businesses about Dashlane, our unique approach to security. Um, and, um, you know, um, how, how they can deploy us and use us. Uh, and why, you know, why we provide a better experience. Mm-hmm. And the, um, you know, when I go about a year ago, one of our challenges was that we were very known as a consumer application, but not mm-hmm. as known among the business community, among IT admins. And, um, and part of the reason is that, you know, when they, when you look at us, you know, we're not very present in PR, we're not, um, you know, with customers go and search and compare us, we were not there. Um, in the review sites, you know, we're not as discoverable in search. So we put together a cross-functional team from PR, from content marketing, SEO, and, and other teams to really address that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we start writing more content that's more discoverable, uh, having a point of view in PR, getting to know all the reporters so they know about us and what we bring to the table, uh, engaging with the review sites and making sure they know our story and how much our customers love us and, and so on and so forth. A year later, we are number one, number two, and almost most review sites. We are number, you know, we're very discoverable. Number one, number two on search discoverability. Uh, we wow. have a great presence in PR reporters. Uh, some of the major publications who covered this area and now know us, writing about us. So, I mean, to do all of that in, in a period of eight nine months is pretty remarkable, and that goes credit to the to the team, uh, which is very resor- resourceful, very kind of persistent. And so I'm really proud of the work we did over the last, you know, six, eight months to kind of build that and to be able to, you know, get our voice out in the market. Wow, that's huge. So just in less than a year, it sounds like you're basically dominating the SEO landscape, like number one, two, or three in all of the top terms. Yeah, we actually track um, close to 300 or so terms. And we, you know, we 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 are now, you know, uh, you know, on, on first page for many of the most critical terms like password manager and biz- password manager for business, password manager for teams, terms where, you know, any kind of business customer who's searching for a password manager would go look for, and we weren't there, you know, a year ago. So it required wow. a sus- sustained investment. Yeah, no, dear, you guys are killing it. I'm just like doing some little searches over here, but password manager for business, not only are you ranked, but there's like, you know, this um, sort of like a Google generated box of like the top 10 and you guys are right there front and center. Dashlane, that's awesome. Good job, man. Well, thank you. It, it's really the, it, it's a sustained, persistent effort, you know, uh, of, of, a, you know of a small team who, who worked at it. So credit goes to them. That's awesome. And so... um so it sounds like traditionally most of your business has been driven uh, from consumers like B2C and you're trying to get more into the B2B side of things. Uh, exactly. I think, uh, and, and we've made a lot of progress in that area over the last several years. So it's not something entirely new. Um, but, you know, I, as, as I was saying earlier, um, uh, breaches have become a huge issue. 
for businesses. Average yeah. beach costs $4.2 million. $4.2 million. That's debilitating uh, for any business. But imagine for a small and million price business, that's that's a major issue. Um, so um, so they are really, in, you know, uh, been interested in how do you protect themselves? And they've been very interested in. So that, you know, that part of our business is growing and, and there's a lot of interest among business customers to adopt uh, a password manager. And we are some of the, because we are built ground up for small and mid enterprises, we recognize these customers don't have, they need something that's simpler. The way, the way we talk to them, the way we explain the product, the product itself, the UX of it, it's all built for customers who want something simple, something easy, something mm-hmm. that works, something the employees love to use. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And um, so how long have you been focusing on the business side? Is it something new or has it been the focus ever since you've gotten there? That has been the focus ever since I got there. I think one of the big mandates for me was, you know, to pivot the business from the, you know, consumer only focused to consumer and business and really build our muscle around, you know, marketing um, to our business customers, educating them, building internal capacity and knowledge, uh, understanding that customer. So, um, yeah, it has been focused right from when I got there. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. So uh, what kind of... I mean, it sounds like you guys are doing a great job overall, like being positioned the way that you are on search, you're going to get both, you know, both individuals as well as businesses. And I bet sometimes you'll have individuals from businesses signing up that like aren't the IT manager. Uh, You know, it might just be like some random person, like a product manager or a customer, you know, customer success person. Uh, that comes and signs up, but then can get you into, you know, uh, the rest of the business and help you penetrate it. So that's going to be huge for you that that organic positioning. Um, yeah, and that's why it's I think to exactly your point, Chris. I think there's a, um, you know, a lot of our business customers were initially our consumer uh, users who have used the product personally, have big advocates, and then they advocate for us in the organization. Yeah. So I, I think uh, that's a great insight, and that's how we think about the con- interconnection between a consumer and business side. Yeah, yeah, and the site is really clean too. So, um, I'm sure it's not all wine and roses, though. What are what are some of the big challenges that you're faced with right now? Like, either with B2B or you know just with the with the company as a whole. Yeah, by no means. Uh, you know, as you know, and running any business, uh, the journey is never done. There's so much more to tackle. So I think what we, what we are focused in now is how do you break through, especially with the business customers in a macro environment where business customers are becoming more discerning about where to spend the money. Mm-hmm. And so you have to constantly evolve, uh, you know, as a, as a marketing team in terms of finding new ways of reaching these customers and finding new ways of engaging them and telling them a story uh, that's fresh and different uh, so, you, so you get their attention. Um, so I think that's, you know, uh, that's what we've focused on. So, um, you know, we, we're doing a couple of interesting things. Uh, I'll take one example. You know, we will soon be releasing um, a global password health report, which is based on a feature we provide our customers. Every consumer and business called Password Help, 
where they can understand where's the health of passwords, you know, um, and understand what mm-hmm. the weakness is because we all tend to use compromised passwords, reuse passwords, weak passwords. And so this feature allows these customers to quickly understand, you know, like how many use, reuse, compromised password do you have and what do you need to do to fix it? So you've taken that, aggregated the data and produce a, a global health password health report, which gives you a sense of at the country level, at the region level, because you're a global company, what does password health looks like? How's trends, uh, password health trend changing? What are we seeing in those trends? And then also providing pragmatic advice, how do you improve the password health? Um, mm-hmm. And so, so we'll be releasing that soon. It's like a new way of engaging, you know, the market uh, of kind of having a conversation with our customers. Um, because in the end, protecting those passwords and improving that health is core to protecting your company and your business and your employees. So, so, so that's a, that's, you know, those are kind of things we are focused on right now. How do we find new ways of engaging, uh, our business customers and telling a, telling a unique story? Yeah. No, that's, that's always a challenge. And your top, your top uh, channels right now. I know you said search is big. Um, what are the other like existing channels that you're having success yes. with right now? Yeah. So obviously, uh, search is big. We 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 do um, also show up on, um, you know, um, as we as I said, we're investing in video, um, digital video in particular. I think that's a great way to reach and explain a story in a short burst um uh we also launching webinar and our, our first webinar is on october 5th we're talking about compliance mm-hmm. uh we're developing that channel that's a great way to engage our uh customers mm-hmm. we are kind of giving back and educating them um uh we are um uh, uh so so those are a couple of the channel communities and other things so we're very active on reddit we believe you know there's a great element it admins are very communal community, which help each other. And so we kind of participating in building that community, not just engaging with us, but helping, and, and, you know, that community interact with each other. So those are a couple of other ways in which we both engaging and reaching uh, our customers. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd mentioned affiliate. Is that a big channel for you? It is. Yes. It, you know, affiliate is always, you know, I think uh, we recognize that you know, um, uh, our business decision makers go to uh, a variety of different places to get advice, to find, you know, who's the, uh, how do you compare different kind of solutions? And so we are very actively engaged with our affiliate community uh, and those channels and being present there. And our philosophy is we want to be present with our customers, meet the customer where they are, um, so we clearly recognize that is a place we want to be and we should be at. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that the, well, I had, we haven't published it yet, but I had, uh, Christy Garcia on earlier this week and she is the CMO at impact.com mm-hmm. and impact basically is a SaaS which you manage your affiliate marketing uh, on. So you can do everything from finding new affiliates to like doing the paperwork with the affiliates to actually like processing, you know, the payouts and things. Um, and she was, te- her talk was that basically like, because affiliate 
traditionally has been more of a B2C thing. You know, like you see a lot of insurance companies, a lot of financial services uh, that have big affiliate programs, but you don't really tend to see it that much with B2Bs. So her topic was all about like, hey, now is the time for B2B affiliate marketing. Uh, but even more so than that, she was talking about influencers and creators, uh, which is like, you know, her, when I asked her like, hey, what's big, you know, what's coming next at Impact? She said, hey, you know, we're really doing this B2B uh, influencer marketing thing, which is very similar to affiliate marketing, but I think that's um, right. a little bit different in that like, influencers tend to like have a camera in their face you know like they're on insta like you can see them you know who they are affiliate could be some guy in the basement you know with a niche website that he buys google ads for you know right um but also affiliate is a hundred percent like outcomes based like the only way to make money is to you know actually um yeah, deliver or deliver yep. the thing Whereas influencers a lot of times tend to prefer getting paid uh, like by the video or by the post you know, right. and maybe a little bonus for, you know, for, for a transaction. But um, anyway, I don't know how, uh, how deep you are into that, but are you, are you doing anything on the, uh, with right. like B2B influencers? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we that's an area we we continue to test, and um, you know, I, I think we're certainly doing a lot more. What I would say, editorial content, um, you know, where um, because one of the things we recognize when we think about the business customer, they um, unlike an Instagram video, they want to understand what is sort of your solution, how you different, how secure you are. You know, how do you protect ourselves? What kind of policy do we have in the organization? So I think we're doing work around um, um, editorial content. I think we're experimenting with it. I, I am, I'm as interested in learning about, you know, could influencer be a good channel and how do we deploy it? So it's an area mm -hmm. of exploration for us. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, and you know, I've never personally seen any influencers like in the, you know, IT or CISO space, but I bet they exist. You know, I mean, I've never really looked for them either. <laughs> but I'm sure I, they Yeah, I bet they exist and I bet like I hear you to your point you're like, "Hey, you know, they don't want just like a pretty girl with a camera in her face like saying, "Ha ha ha, you got to buy this insurance." Um but I imagine that if there are IT influencers out there, they probably are, you know, looking at those things like, hey, how secure is this? How easy is it to deploy? How easy is it to manage? Things like that. I'll keep my eye out. Now that we're so, talking. So, now, sounds good. Now that we're talking about it, I'm sure that uh, it'll show up in my feed soon. Because, you know, you know, Facebook is listening. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's, that's right. Sounds um, good. Cool. Well, uh, let's talk about the future a little bit. You'd already alluded to uh, to a few of your initiatives, like the Global Password Report or the Global House Password Health Report. 
Um, we talked a little bit about affiliate stuff. What else is on the agenda at Dashlane? Like, what are you guys excited about? What are you investing in? What are you prioritizing for the coming quarters? Yeah. Uh, so when we look to the future, one of the areas we've focused on is um, uh, our investment in passwordless login. Um, so we're in the midst of a major transition from um, to uh, from passwords to you know consumers and employees accessing applications and things uh, in the cloud and online um, without a password. You know, as, as you talk, password is a 50-year-old technology, but has a lot of problems, right? You got to remember them, you got to save them, you forget them, um, they get stolen, they get fished, and that's what causes um, majority of all breaches. And and it has, you know, every breach is about $4.2 million on an average, and just debilitating for a small and mid-enterprise. You know, we talked a little yeah. bit about, um, you know, just see the news in the market, in the last two weeks, you know, and it has an impact not just on the dollars, but it just shuts down your operation. It can impact your brand reputation, your relationship with customers. Um, so, uh, <clears throat> so we we are transitioning um, to a new technology called Passkeys, uh, uh, and Passkeys is a a new passwordless technology that's being developed. Um, the easiest way to describe it is imagine if you go to a bank and you, 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 if you have used the vault, you have a key and your banker has the key and you need both keys to open the vault. It's like that. Uh, and, but the beauty of it is one of the keys is essentially your device, your mobile phone. Mm. And so you don't need to remember anything. So it makes it super easy to log in, cannot be fished. Nobody can steal it. And uh, and so they're not only a much greater secure, but it also improves access. Um, so, um, but it's a it's a major transition uh, on the same scale of movement to electric cars, movement to digital payments. So it'll take time. The good news is that three of the major platforms, Apple, Google, and Microsoft, are behind it, mm-hmm. um, and we as a password manager are behind it and leading that effort. Uh, we are all part of the FIDO Industry Alliance um, and uh, on the board of it and partnering together to usher in the passwordless future. So we are very focused on how do we educate uh, both business customers and consumers about this new capability. And you'll hear more about it from, um, from all these players um, and in the industry. How do you uh, drive adoption? How do you help customers? How do you partner with other players in the industry to design experience that's easy? So that's that's a big area of focus for us um, when you look to the next year. Interesting. So, um, so how does it work exactly? So it, it sounds almost like two FA, like two factor auth, where you type in a password and then it's like, hey, we just sent you a code to your te- to your phone. But how do you? Is that sort of what it's like? Or if your mobile phone is one of the keys, what's the other one? Yeah, no, it's actually way simpler than that. You create, and, and and if you search online, you can go on our site or other sites. You create, instead of a um, password, you create a passkey and get stored in your phone, and the other one gets stored at the, you know, the the uh, whether it's Google or Amazon or the other side on their servers, right? Mm-hmm. And and that's it. And once you save, create a password passkey and you save it, Next time, it's like it's like biometrics. You 
you once you uh, use your face ID to enter the phone, automatically you get authenticated for that application because the key is stored in your phone. Um, so that's it's almost like experiencing and an experiencing not having any password, not having to ever log in. <clears throat> okay, I still don't get it. So, but that would work with so once I have the key set up on Google and on my phone, then that works in the Google ecosphere. But what about if I want to log into something that's not Google, like, you know, whatever else? Right. Tool? And, and that's where password managers like us come into play, right? So like we manage passwords for, uh, for you, we'll be managing pass keys for you where, you know, um, you know, cross device, you know, you, you created a pass key on your mobile phone, on your Apple, and then you ought to use it, you know, log in the same application somewhere in your Chrome browser will make it all easy for you. Um, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, the beauty of that is you, you, there's no kind of, uh, passwords to remember. Mm -hmm. So nobody can steal a password from you. Um, you know, uh, nobody can fish a password from you. And it's really the encryption of the device itself that kind of creates the key. Um, so yeah, to your point, you, you know, you create a pass key. Um, for a, um, uh, for an application, half the key stores in the device and have this key stored in the server. One of the problems with passwords is even if you create a complicated password and you store it, the password is then stored on the server. So the, the other side, and you see that, you know, if a company gets hacked, you can, they can steal the passwords that you, that you save in this scenario. You can't, right? Because you know half the key sits on the the person who's logging in their device, and half sits on the other side. Mm -hmm. I see. So, so it's a then, far superior, more secure, easier to use technology, um, and it's still in the early early days of adoption. Um, and I think the biggest thing is because it's such an abstract concept. Right? How do you make this easier for a consumer to understand, trust in? How do you UX? How do you design the UX in a way? So we're kind of very invested with Fido on thinking about those issues as we drive adoption of it. Mm -hmm. I see. So I don't want to dwell on this, but I'm very curious. So, uh, so say I go to my bank, right? Do I create a new pass key with my bank, or does that somehow still use my same Google pass key? That you'll have to create a new passkey uh, with okay. each application. But once you Got create it. it once, then, you know, every time afterwards, you never have to kind of type in a password. Got it. So right. then when I go back to my bank, say I'm on my uh, laptop, how does it know it's me? Like I put my username still and then it just logs me in? No, it identifies you um, through the through the device, the actual laptop you're using. Oh, so what if I want to log in like from a different device? Yeah, and that's what I was saying. So I think those are some of the work that's happening now. How do you make cross-device portability easy for passkeys, mm -hmm. right? And that's what I was saying where 
uh, where um, the work is happening. And the great thing is that Apple, Google, Microsoft, the core platforms are collaborating and building a standard to which you can transfer. And then password man managers like us will help you use the passkey across multiple platforms. Got it. Got it. Yes. That's all the right questions, by the way. This is exactly the kind of things that, you know, uh, we are solving. But you can imagine a world coming soon where you create a passkey and that's it, you know, and then you can just go log in anywhere, but also feel comfortable that it's secure. Yeah, I would love that. I would definitely love that because I suck at remembering passwords. And, you know, some of the apps that I use um, from my phone, when I, when I look to log in from my phone, it does the, uh, the facial recognition and just logs me right in. And I love that. Right. And you and me and everybody else, nobody likes pass passwords, uh, but we're used to it. And, um, and uh, I think this is a huge impact for businesses. Of course, consumers, right? We use it probably 30 times a day. We log into things, but it's also a great impact for the businesses because not only it makes them secure, but imagine how much of business is lost because of login issues, right? Yeah. If you're any commerce site, you lose a lot of business because people forget their password, they don't log in, they don't transact, or they don't use your product. Yeah. And so it has a huge upside in terms of revenue generation, uh, customer experience, customer usage. Do you want me to show you something really quick that yeah. I'm, sh I'm sure you'll appreciate? So I'm at Whole Foods the other day, and hopefully the producers can uh, can cut this in. I'm at Whole Foods, oh, sorry, and I'm checking out, and I see that right. Pay with your palm, get started. They, oh my God. <laughs> I thought it was a joke. I thought I was like getting punked or something. But no, pay with your palm is, is Amazon's new thing. <laughs> well, but you can kind of see the how much pain we suffer through in that simple act that we do every day, um, which is around logging in or paying. And so Paskey is not just for logging in. I mean, banking, um, payments, healthcare, um, there's a lot of applications, it's like a foundation. That's why it's a major migration in terms of how we conduct our daily lives and just taking the load off. Imagine if you can take the load off of logging in, authenticating yourself, whether you're paying, whether you're going to a hospital, whether you are, uh, whether you are, uh, logging into application. Um, yeah, that would be a tremendous experience. So that's what we focused on leading that effort. Uh, there's a lot more education to be done. There's a lot more work to be done. How you design this experience so people can trust it, understand it. Um, so, um, yeah. Yeah. It's exciting times, man. It really is. Well, uh, I could talk with you for hours. This has been a lot of fun. I know you probably have to uh, move on with your day here, and as do I and everybody listening, I'm sure. Let's do a lightning round. Let's do it. All right. Question number one. If you were to start a side hustle, what side hustle would that be? You know, uh, this, will, uh, this this probably comes from the left field, but I love theater. It's just a, such a great art form. 
live, uh, immediate audience response, audiovisual. And uh, I did some community theater a long time ago, and I really loved it. Behind the scenes, I'm not an actor. Behind the scene, helping the director orchestrate it. It's like kind of running a business. Um, I loved all of it to kind of help put together a final product, which consumers, people love. And you can see that reaction. So if I had the time, uh, I would love to go back and do uh, community theater. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. Yeah, I need to, I need to get back to the theater more. I, I like theater, too. Yeah, and you make great people and great friends. So it's, yeah, that, a that's a side people. side benefit. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, top three books, authors, influencers, podcasts. It could be really you know any anything that uh, has impacted you, uh, either career wise or just in your life. Yeah, I love history, not just history of you know empires and people, but history of diseases, history of money, history of ideas. So I feel like everything we have today is rooted in history. Um, mm -hmm. So I'll kind of name two podcasts in a book. Uh, the first podcast is, um, um, it's called The History of Rome by Mike Duncan. Mike is a, just an amazing um, narrator and walks you through the kaleidoscope of Roman history um, and, and tells just an amazing story about, you know, uh, all the bits and pieces uh, of that history, the characters, the uh, the great wars, the, the you know the lessons learned, society and culture. So I would highly recommend that. Um, uh, there's another podcast called uh, History of Ideas by David Runciman. He's a British mm -hmm. academic, and uh, he covers the most transformative ideas of the last 300 years, from Hobbes to Gandhi. Oh, wow. And uh, again, you know, and he does a great job an hour each, you know, kind of deconstructing and kind of explaining these kind of transformative ideas and the impact they had. So that's another great podcast. Um, and then a book, uh, which I recently read, um, Emperor of Maladies by uh, Siddharth Mukherjee. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's about cancer and the history of cancer. Mm. And he, he, it's a hard and dry subject. And he does just a tremendous job of narrating a story of the, both the trials and tribulations of, of our fight against cancer, how we almost thought we have a cure and we not, and the progress we made, you know, the last 100, 150 years and more recently, uh, and just kind of about biology and about human bodies. So that's another great book, which I'll, I loved it. Um, so I'll, I'll recommend uh, readers um, um, to read that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I might check that one out. All right, number three is, how do you avoid burnout and how do you help your team to do the same? For me, uh, a lot of the burnout is because of context switching. You have to kind of cover such a wide variety of topics in the average day. So uh, I always find, you know, for me, uh, it's finding a break from work and doing something totally different. For me, that's sports. I play paddle during the winter. I play tennis and spend golf during the summer, just getting away and hanging out with friends and, you know, playing sports um, is a good way for me to kind of avoid burnout. And, and for a team, we have a strict no weekend email policy. We tend to not communicate and email folks and, and that gives them a nice break, you know, mm -hmm. to away from work, to friends and family, to relax with things you want to do. Um, I think it's super important to be kind of to bring your best um, and uh, and feel great, so that's a, that's a way. That's one of the ways we we make sure teams don't suffer burnout. 
Love it. Love it. Very cool, Deirdre. Well, this has been really amazing. Uh, I've been inspired, you know, both by your by your secret of lifting up the blinders, paying attention, uh, as well as the rest of the conversation. I think you're a really interesting person. Like your interest in theater, your interest in history. I wasn't really expecting those things, but it just adds another dimension to what was already like an awesome marketer and an awesome leader. So thank you very much for your time here today uh, and for coming on. For everybody listening, if you learned something here today or if you had a laugh, share this with a friend or drop us a five-star uh, rating wherever you get your pods. We really appreciate that. And Deerj, um, for folks that would like to learn more about you or about Dashlane, where would you direct them? I, I would direct them to go to dashlane.com. Okay. And learn about Dashlane, download the product, use the product. Uh, you'll love it. And and Chris, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed the conversation. You do such a great job of, uh, of engaging. Um, I, I've listened to many of your podcasts, enjoyed them. So thank you again for having me uh, at the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. Stay on the line uh, for one quick second. We'll wrap up. But for everybody else, that was another exciting episode of Revenue Driven CMO. And we will see you next time. And that's a wrap. Thanks for joining us here today. For show notes and other episodes, visit us at revenuedrivencmo.com. That's revenuedrivencmo.com. And hey, exclusive for listeners of this podcast, Web Mechanics will do 10 to 20 hours of work for you for free. Literally no sales calls, no BS. Just give them a problem and they will put a team to work for you for free for 10 to 20 hours. Even if you're already a client, if you're struggling with demand gen, lead gen, SEO, SEM, Google ads, LinkedIn ads, conversion optimization, if you can't get Facebook or meta ads to work for the life of you, or you can't figure out attribution, Web Mechanics will take a good hard look at whatever problem you give them, whatever programs you put in front of them, and they will give you an objective, informed opinion, plus some advice from 10 to 20 hours of senior level attention. And that's just because you're a listener of this podcast. So I would suggest take them up on this offer. It's ridiculous. Go to revenuedrivencmo.com slash free, fill out the two minute form and you will not regret it. Literally zero downside, unlimited potential for growth. So do yourself a favor, revenuedrivencmo.com slash free, no hyphens, no punctuations. You will be happy about that decision. 